What's up, Iowa City? Welcome to another uh, living room edition of Salt Company, straight from my house in Coralville. We miss you guys a lot. Hope that you miss us too. Uh, it's been a uh, interesting privilege, I guess we could call it, to be able to communicate with a lot of you guys over FaceTime and Zoom and technology and all that good stuff. Uh, it's an interesting privilege to be able to even bring you the Word of God on a weekly basis through a phone screen or a computer screen here. Uh, but it's also kind of funny because we know that this is just not the way it's supposed to be, right? Like if this season has proven anything to us who are in the church, it's that we need each other so badly. Like we just crave uh, like social interaction and the church is supposed to be so interactive and communal. And this just feels like that is being slowly stretched, right? And uh, yeah, it just makes me get really, really excited for when we're all back together. Um, but it's a privilege nonetheless because we can still... Uh, just dive into the Word of God together. We can still interact in one way or another. And one way that we've been doing that as a Salt Company staff has just been uh, calling a lot of you guys. Like a lot of our Salt leaders are trying to get through every single person uh, so that we can A, see how you're doing, but B, just kind of like be mutually encouraged by hearing about your faith uh, standing on the rock that is our God. Uh, and so thank you guys for answering your phones and not ignoring us when we call. That's been a real a real treat for us, for sure. Uh, but some of those conversations are kind of funny, and this is what I mean. Uh, you hear one guy, okay, person A, this dude over here I call, and he's like, man, my soul is just aching. My heart is being wrung out for all it's worth. I am in turmoil. And I'm like, what's wrong, dude? What's going on? He says, I miss my girl. I miss my girlfriend. She's, you know, maybe over here, over there, and I'm stuck here, and we can't see each other, and I'm just lovesick, and he breaks out like, song or, like, a poem or something, and uh, I won't tell you who these guys are, but it's adorable, really, uh, and then maybe even later that day, you're talking to another guy, and he's like, my soul, it's being wrung out. My heart is just being milked for all it's worth. I, I have nothing left to give. I am in anguish. I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? He goes, I'm single. I'm single and I'm lonely and I don't know what to do and my heart is crying out for somebody. And it's like hilarious because you hear one guy over here who's lovesick because he misses his girl. One guy's over here lovesick because he's lonely. But then maybe another conversation of the day is somebody lost their job. Like somebody's job this season got terminated for one reason or another and they're just like scared. Maybe they had to like move out of Iowa City, move back to their parents' house because they can't afford rent anymore. Maybe they're bored out of their mind because they have 24 hours with no structure all of a sudden. And they don't know what to do. But then you talk to somebody over here, maybe even later that day, who says, work is crazy. They're like, yeah, maybe I'm thankful to have a job, but I didn't sign up for this job. Like maybe they work in the hospital or something like that. And all of a sudden, the world just got crazy busy for them. They're stressed out. They're suffocated. They don't feel free. And so I'm saying all this, all these different examples, because they're proving something to me. They're proving something to me that I think the word of God is actually going to bring to light for us tonight that we all need to hear. And I think this season has been proof that circumstances can not dictate your hope. Circumstances cannot dictate your joy. Circumstances cannot dictate your truest freedom. I want to tell you guys tonight that there is actually a way for you to be more free than ever, even if you feel like you're on house arrest. 
even if you are feeling like a slave to your job or your lack thereof, or your heart is just longing out for somebody to be with right now, there is a freedom that goes beyond circumstance and a joy and a hope that this world cannot actually take away from you guys. The big idea that we're going to see in Galatians 4 that Paul wants to point us towards is that freedom is not found in circumstances, but in promises. Freedom is not found in circumstances, but promises. Freedom is not just found in what you do, but more so what or who you believe. Okay, so last week Mikey preached. Uh, hopefully there's a picture of him coming up. Yeah, let the comments erupt about that. He looked like Sid Phillips from Toy Story uh, wearing some headphones. But Mikey gave a beautiful word on what it means to be adopted into the family of the king. Right, like when Jesus got up on that cross, he took off his crown and his royal garments and he hung up naked on the cross so that you could put those on, so that you could be adopted into this family. That's the best news in the world. That's incredible. But Paul is ticked off and he's confused, really. He uses the word uh, perplexed in my Bible. I am perplexed about you. Why? Because even though this is true about you, you say you believe this, you are not living like it. You are so driven by your circumstances, your hope is just going with the wind of the world that I want to give you an anchor to anchor you in the promises of God that should dictate your freedom, dictate your hope, dictate your joy. And so Paul is going to give an example that these people would have known very, very well. And a lot of you have been raised in the church kind of have heard this story a lot. And a lot of you guys who have uh, probably been newer to the church, you're like, I have not opened up my Old Testament yet, really. And I don't really know why Paul is talking so much about this guy, Abraham, and all this. Well, here's why. He is desperate for these Galatians to understand that God has been after their freedom. And he's been after their love since page one of this book the book that these people knew really, really well. And so he's going to give this illustration tonight that he wants them to be punched into the heart. Like maybe they've heard it a million times, but their eyes are going to be opened, hopefully by the spirit of God to realize what it means to be free despite their circumstances. Okay. And so Paul in Galatians 4 is going to talk about this Abraham guy again. And God showed up to this Abraham dude who was wandering around the wilderness up into his 80s and he promised him a very, very big promise. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing to the entire world. I'm going to give you a son and out of that, a family tree that the entire world is going to be blessed by. And we know as we keep reading our Bible that eventually that family tree would lead to Jesus. But the problem, like I mentioned, was that Abraham was stupid old and so was his wife, Sarah. They're like 80s, man, getting into their 90s. Like you don't have kids. When you're that old, it just doesn't make, it's like, it's beyond uh, science, it's beyond reason, it's just weird. You don't even want to think about it. But God said it would happen. And after God says it's happened, some time passes. Abraham and Sarah are probably getting a little bit angsty. Their circumstances look bleak. And so here is the problem. God makes a big promise. But circumstances look bleak. What are you going to do about it? When those two things add together, bad, bleak circumstances, but a promise of God. What happens in your life? What happened to Abraham and Sarah was that they decided to take matters into their own hands. They were actually driven more by their circumstances than their faith in the promise of God. 
By Sarah's idea, they go and they impregnate their slave woman. Abraham sleeps with Hagar and they have a son named Ishmael. And Paul is going to say that he was actually not the promised, uh, or the son or the child of promise. Right? But God uh, wanted to follow through with his promise anyway. And so even though Sarah and Abraham decided to take matters into their own hands, to be driven by their circumstances, not by promises, God delivered his son, Isaac, the child of promise, that the whole world would be blessed through. And this is where we pick up the story. Paul gives this example in verse 21, chapter 4 of Galatians. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically, right? These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai, right? This is like where the law came down, right? Mount Sinai. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. This is the idea of like people living bound by religious law. But the Jerusalem above is free. And she is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who have a husband. Now you brothers, talking to the Christians, talking to the church, Paul says, Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So brothers, get this guys, tone in right here. So brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. Paul is using this example, this story of Abraham and his two sons, one by the flesh and one by promise, one driven by circumstance, one driven by faith. He is giving this example because these people of Galatia are being driven not by their faith in Jesus, but by their circumstance. They are looking around and people are putting pressure on them to do these hyper-religious things, to follow the law, to keep the rules so that they will be validated in their eyes. And what Paul is so furious about is what that means, what is actually going on, is these people are saying, I'm free in Jesus, are picking up those chains that were broken and putting them back on themselves by submitting to these laws. The circumstance around them is calling for rule keeping and uh, this kind of like effort-based salvation. And that's how they're living. But Paul is saying, no, you are not children of the slave anymore. You are children of the promise. By simple faith in Jesus, you can have salvation. You have been adopted into the royal family like Mikey said last week. Not by what you've done, but by who you believe. Jesus. And so here is our press tonight, guys. Our circumstances are as bleak as ever for some of us. You have nothing to grab onto. It's like, grap uh, like grasping for air. Whatever like patch of ice that you're sitting on, it could give out in any moment. We must grasp for something steady and sure, and we must place our feet upon solid ground. 
And so the pressure on us tonight, guys, the, uh, the call of Paul on us tonight is very, very simple. Do you know the promises, the good, golden, life-giving, freedom-giving promises of God? What a question. We all know our circumstance. We see how fickle that can change every time we refresh our news feed. The promises of the world fade. Everything will be cleared up by then. We'll all be back to normal by then. You'll keep your job until... Like all of these things that the world can tell us is nothing but a grasp at air. But we are called tonight as adopted children of the royal king to put our faith, to ground our life, to anchor us in the good promises of God. This morning, I was just so convicted by that. And I was just thinking about how much joy is found in the promises of God that I just uh, thought off the top of my head, what are the promises of God that like, I remember? That like over just like uh, years of hearing them preach to me over and over again, like, what are they? And here's a couple of the good ones I thought of, guys. Romans 8. And they're a little paraphrased. But Romans 8 says that for those who love God, all things, all things work together for good. Ephesians 1 said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with what? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Philippians 1 says that the worst thing that this world could ever do to you is kill you. Like the worst thing that could happen in this virus season is that you die. But Philippians 1 says that to die is gain. 1 Peter 1 says that we who are in Christ have been born again to not a dead hope, but to a living hope. And that we have a new inheritance that's from God, not from our earthly fathers. Colossians 3 says that when Christ, who is our life, appears... He is our life. We are so wrapped up with him. He's described it. When Christ, who is our life, appears, we, also Christian, will appear with him in glory. John 16 says that, yeah, this world is going to be hard. You're going to go through some trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Matthew 28, Jesus says to his disciples, surely I will be with you as you go on this mission, as you do this life. Surely I will be with you always, even till the very end of the age. Matthew 11 says, if you're feeling burdened, just come to Jesus and he will give you rest. Romans 10 says that when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is raised from the dead, you will be saved. And how can we forget the first week of Galatians that we went through together, guys? In Galatians 1, where it says that Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us, to liberate us, to free us from the present evil age. Jesus has given himself for us so that we would find the truest form of freedom. And so this is what I want from us this week, guys. I want us to acknowledge our circumstance. I want us to not be daft to the world that we live in, but I want us to use that as a wake-up call, like it has been in my own soul, and I'm trusting it has been in yours, that what we put our hope in, where we find our true freedom, is shaky ground, and there are promises that we can actually stand on that will get us through till the very end of eternity, guys, that we are going to have forever to rejoice in. And so this is what you should do even tonight before you go to bed after this. Would you just text your connection group? Would you just get on there and say, 
the promises of God that have been speaking loud to you and encourage one another? Would you even, as you're going through your Bible reading plan with your connection groups this week, with your, when you're meeting up with your dreams, would you be reading the Bible in a way where you are digging for gold or as a hungry man digging for food? Would you search diligently for the promises of God and cling on to them with everything, every single thing that you have? That's our call for this week, guys. God has made some amazing promises and he is faithful and he is good and he plans to keep them even in the bleakest of circumstances. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that even in the wildest times, Lord, even in the most uncertain places that our feet have ever stood, we have a faithful and good God whose promises never change. Would that be the food for our soul? Would that be the liberating freedom that we need today? That we could be cooped up in our living rooms like prison cells, and yet we could be the freest people on earth. We love you for these promises, God. Would you take our faith, refine it, and anchor us in the truth.